Hi, I'm Sally Prosser. Welcome to That Voice Podcast. Great to have you here. I believe your voice matters and deserves to be heard. I started this podcast to share free, practical tips to help you speak with more confidence, to grow your business, advance your career, and avoid totally freaking out about public speaking. As a former TV journalist and company spokesperson, qualified speech and drama teacher, TikToker, and general lover of life, I know firsthand about the power of showing up with confidence. Your voice is the soundtrack to your personal brand. Are you ready to turn it up? Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 70 of That Voice Podcast. And I'm so excited to have a guest back on the show. I'm starting with someone pretty special. Haji Basim is an award-winning, passionate, charismatic artist. He's performed all over the world and has mastered loads of instruments. The guitar, banjo, ukulele, sitar. And the one I'm focused on today is, of course, our voice. The best instrument of all. (laughs) We're going deep. We're going soulful. After this episode, you're going to have a profound new view on the power of your voice. Haji does something called vocal deepening where he helps people discover their true, authentic, sacred voice and teaches them techniques to use their voice as a tool for healing. Absolutely beautiful, right up my alley. But first, are you sick of getting nervous before speaking? Tired of saying ums and ahs and tripping over your words? Frustrated your voice sounds weak or boring? Imagine being able to confidently speak when called on. Hitting record and not doing 100 takes, captivating an audience with your voice. Sounds great, right? (laughs) Then join my six-week voice makeover. Over six weeks, we dive into the fundamental steps you need to make an impact every time you speak. How to hack your mindset, how to tap into your body, control your breathing, literally speak from your heart, form your words and phrases clearly, and top it all off with beautiful expression. To make it happen, join my six-week voice makeover by heading to my website, sallyprosser.com.au, or just click the link in the show notes. Look forward to seeing you there. Okay, are you ready for Haji? In this divine episode, you'll also be treated to some gorgeous singing, and I won't ruin the vibe for you with my outro. So at the end of this chat, take that beautiful energy from Haji's singing voice straight into your day. Okay, let's go. Haji Basing, welcome to That Voice Podcast. It's so great to have you here. It's wonderful to be here, Sally. Thank you for having me. And being my very first interview for the new season of the podcast, I'm going to dive straight in there. Haji, I would love to know, what does your voice mean to you? My voice to me is a tool for healing and a vehicle of expression. I find that throughout singing in my career, throughout life, it's been a, a inspiration to others and a way to uplift others. And that's a tool for healing and a, 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 a vehicle for expression is that my voice has taken me many places all around the world just from my following it and having it teach me and show me what it has to show me. Yeah. And was there a time in your life when you knew that voice was what you had to go for or sound was where you had to go? My first experience of my voice happened when I was at a, a small Southern Baptist church in Georgia, which is the south of, of America. And uh, it, was a, it was nothing but black folk in this small little church. 
and they would have some deacons would stand up on the pulpit and they would sing a scripture from the Bible and the congregation would respond. It went like um, they would sing, I know love is real. And I'm in the audience listening to them sing this. And then from around me, these voices begin to erupt that are coming from a place of joy, of faith, of pain and belief. I know love is real. And that for me was my first experience of sacredness and sound. And that started my journey throughout the rest of my life, focusing for how that showed up in different cultures and different systems. Oh, I love that so much. And explain to us, what is vocal deepening? Sure. So after going to India, and I'll talk about India in a moment, I came back from India with, after sitting with my teachers and just having a whole um, mind-opening understanding of a, of a different approach, how to use meditation and mindfulness as an approach into your voice. Uh, vocal deepening in response came to be a session that I do for people to help them connect with their ability to access their authentic voice. I find that that very very often in our lives, especially in the Western culture, we were brought up singing um, Mary Had a Little Lamb. And it was popping back in those days, but <laughs> what I learned in India is that there's so many microtones in between the notes that we call of our quarter notes and all this, but they really use interesting ways to connect with those in-between tones, which automatically makes them connect with their voice in a deeper way the way they can express in a more authentic way. So I take some of those elements of meditation and mindfulness and toning and breath work and intention, and I've created a package that helps people connect with their voice called vocal deepening. I love that. And so what is the main reason people are coming to you for this kind of work? The students and clients that I wind up drawing towards myself that I'm passionate about is because I'm passionate about people that are, have open hearts and they know that they have a gift inside of themselves that they haven't been honoring. And from what the work that I do as far as honoring the gifts inside, which is the voice, which is the intention to express authentically from yourself as a form of healing, as a form of expression, people see that I'm doing that on the regular from my performances, from the courses I teach, from the masterminds I offer. And they're drawn to that different approach to music. A lot of times some music teachers can be very technically based and structurally based, which has its has its form or its way in, in music production. But a lot of times... Some of those people that I get have been have had the angry Russian old Russian teacher that taught them no, it's the wrong <laughs> note, no, and then their their childlike desire to play music is being squashed out over and over again for, for for playing the wrong answer or giving the wrong answer or playing the wrong note. So those people come to me usually that have had some trauma in the past of connecting with music, and one of my passions is creating spaces or a container for people to come together and really dive into exploring what their authentic voice and their sound is. Oh, I love that so much. And I think that we can definitely apply that to public speaking. You know, a lot of people have a really bad first experience with speaking where they're in front of the teacher and they're being marked on whether they say a particular word right. And these kind of doubts stay with people. And one of my aims for what I do is for people to, as you're doing, find that joy and connection with speaking again. Mm -hmm. So if we were to do a little exercise now, this is putting myself on the spot. Okay. What is a good place to start with vocal deepening or what would be one of the ex first exercises you'd get me to do? One of the first exercises I get you to do first is setting an intention. 
Um, I believe that I work with chakras when I'm doing my sessions, the vocal deepening sessions. And I believe in state and space when I instruct people. And part of space and state has to do with the state of mind that you're in and the space that you're creating with your thoughts. So first thing I'll do is start a brief meditation and then allow people to do a guided meditation to really connect with their intention for this vocal deepening practice. I related to yoga. Like when you start a yoga practice, you want to have some kind of an affirmation, intention or something to um, lead you throughout your practice. So all of your breath, all of your movements, all your asanas lead you towards whatever your desire is. You start with the meditation, creating the um, affirmation. And then after that, we would do different kinds of breath work. And the breath work is just to get really into your diaphragm, get into your body, getting to find the air pockets beneath your diaphragm, your stomach and your sits bone, and really just connect with your inhalation and your exhalation. So those were the first two things that I would do. Sounds very similar to what I would do as well, because the, the speaking voice and the singing voice, I guess the voice as an instrument, it all starts from the same place, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. Yeah. The breath, breath in the body. Yeah, the breath being the power for the voice. So, Haji, you mentioned that you spent a fair bit of time in India. Yes. And you mentioned that one of the things you noticed was there are tones, I guess, within the tones that we might have been brought up with. Yes. What else did your time there teach you about voice and the power of our voice? So going into voice, I was there to find an instrument called a sitar. It's a 27-string gourded instrument from India that's played in a lot of Hindustani um, music. In India, northern music is Hindustani, and um, southern music is Carnatic. And I was up in northern India in Varanasi. So, um, of course, Indian instruments are made to mimic the voice because all of music, Indian music is revolved around the voice. So their instruments and times will be mimicking what the voice is doing. So one day, I was before I got my sitar, I was walking around the city of India, or the city of Varanasi, and I was, I was having chai tea with different sitar makers and sitar teachers just to get a better idea of the differences between how Westerners approach music and how Easterners approach music. And what's this Eastern thing that pulls in this serenity or this tranquility when you hear it playing? Like, where is that coming from? So I was sitting with a couple of uh, a particular sitar maker, and he passed me some chai tea, and he said to me, Oh, Hajibai. And when they say they put the bai on the end of your name if they have some kind of affection for you. Oh, Hajibai. Music for an Indian is far, far more than just for pleasure or for mere entertainment. Music for an Indian, Hajibai, is food for the soul. And I was like, oh, I can relate that. And I was transported back to that pew, sitting inside of that church in Southern Baptist and hearing those people sing from their hearts and really expressing the connection of their soul to their voice. And that, to me, made so much sense. I'm going to, to one more lesson I learned, too. Uh, me and Baba Krishna, who was the gentleman that wound up teaching me how to play the sitar, um, he would sit down by the banks with me. We would sing, and then we would, like, practice sitar. And I was really getting it very quickly because I had a passion for music. And he told me one time, um, I want you to stop. Now, he's not usually very strict or stern. I said, okay, Baba Krishna, what do you want me to do? I want you to play one string, one note for 30 minutes. And I was like, Brother Christian, I'm not trying. I'm trying to play some ragas and really do some stuff. No, no, no. I want you to play one note for 30 minutes, and that's it. So I said, then play 30 minutes progressively. And by the time I got to 30, you would recognize that I had such a deeper appreciation for where I was sitting, for how I was holding the instrument, for that particular string and the note that it was making. My relationship with it became so much more tangible, and a relationship has built. The same thing I learned with approaching the voice is that sometimes you have to give your voice some time 
and some, well, that's anything. Anything you want to master or get better at, you have to give time, throw lots of time. If you can throw some focus in there too, it'll happen a lot quicker. But that relationship comes through time and intention. And that's one of the things that I have always hold uh, for my students is that we sure they have that time and that attention. And I broke it down in, into the three R's, repetition, relationship, and release. The repetition is doing something over and over again, building up, building up to become a relationship. Once you have that relationship, you're able to move your voice around, discover what it is, learn the ups and downs, understand your, your ear and how you hear the notes. And then the release, which is the point that every artist or musician is seeking, is to be able to express themselves from their heart in a way that feels good to them and can, doesn't always have to, but can relate to the audience that's listening to it. Yeah, I wonder if that's linked to, you know, the om sound that you hold in yoga that stillness and sustenance of the single note. Mm-hmm. It yes. might be similar to you playing that same note on the sitar. It's that appreciation of the, the repetition of holding the one sound. And honouring it. It's really one thing I learned about anything was that sound healing, my teacher would want to tell me, sound healing is sound backed by the intention of healing. Sound backed by the intention of healing. So if you can get your intention correct before you sing, that's why we do intention setting before we begin, it draws power towards your voice. You amplify whatever that intention is so much greater than just lollygathly singing, which is great too as well. But that intention is very powerful. Absolutely. In the same way that you were saying music is the food for the soul, there's this great quote that says the human voice is the organ of the soul. Mm, Yeah. I think it's so true. So often when people are struggling to sing or struggling to speak, it's because there's that lack of connection. There's no embodiment with the feeling of the voice. Yeah. I find a lot of people that I work with, especially women, have lost their voice. Somewhere along the way, they either said that I can't do this or they got to, they felt like they could sing, but their friend told them they couldn't sing. You know how guys and girls growing up, you know, I'm going to be the singer. No, I'll be the singer. And they get to sing or something. That's not my lane anymore. So people just have been told they can't sing or they can't do anything. And they're so cut off from their voice. And I, I know some women that have hardened their voice to be able to be heard nowadays, like or throughout their life, because they felt like they had to um, give up their mother's voice, take on their father's voice to be heard in the world. So I get a lot of clients like that, too, that come to me that want to shed and find what they call their mother's voice, that sweet voice, the, the voice that's of their, their, their past and of who they are. So like all those things come into play with people these days. I'm sure you've seen that have a disconnect from their voice. Yeah, as soon as you're trying to put on a voice, I work with lots of TV news reporters because I used to be a TV reporter. And that's an area where everybody's just trying to sound how you're supposed to sound. And I always try to bring it back of, you know, why are you doing this? What is the story you're trying to tell? How are we reaching the audience through this story? And so I think the the theme that we've got going here is it's about feeling the voice come through you rather than even from you in a way. How can people work with you? This is such a fascinating area. So for the last seven years, I've been holding retreats all around the world. Of course, it stopped last year. I was going to go to Bali and hold a retreat. But I have retreats. And one particular one that I offer is the Holistic Ukulele Songwriter Immersion. The Holistic Ukulele Songwriter Immersion. Love that title. Thank you so much. And that's where I usually bring people together for a weekend that I've never played an instrument before, never written a song, don't have a connection with their voice. And I teach them over that weekend how to connect with their voice, 
how to turn their personal affirmations into songs on the easy-to-play ukulele. So you would find me at Haji Basim, that's H-A-J-I-B-A-S-I-M dot com. And as soon as you go on the page, you'll see links to all of my sites. And uh, yeah, that's the best way to get in contact. That's fantastic. I do a lot of work around speaking affirmations, but do you think Mm -hmm. that if we sing them, they have greater impact? Oh, 100%, 100%. When I was living at an ashram, we practiced something called bhakti yoga. And bhakti yoga was where it's called selfless uh, yoga from the heart. You're, You're working for a deity or whether you see the deity inside yourself on the outside, that's fine. And there was a certain mantra that we would sing all the time. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And the more you sing it, the more power is coming from your voice while you're singing it, just by phrasing and how you, that's why mantras are so important because there are certain ways you're saying these words that are having internal effects on your body as well as external effects on the energy or the, or the everything that's around you. So I totally believe that singing your affirmations bring more life and more joy to your life. Growing up, when I was working or if I was somewhere and had a little, it made it a little easier to do what I was doing. And just that connection with my voice, that singing, that resonance, that consistent vibration brings up something so wonderful and something so tangible for if you do it long enough for a certain amount of time. Yeah, and it's easy yeah. to remember. So I used to sing my study notes at school as a way mm-hmm. of remembering things. Wow, yeah, yeah. And I think everybody can relate to the fact they'll forget something that they do need to memorize, but they'll be able to know every single word of a song they've been listening to on the radio. So there's there's something about music that gets inside us, doesn't it? Yes, it is. I agree totally. Arjun, I could chat to you all day. This is so interesting. Was there anything else you'd like to add? That I have a belief that there was an African proverb that says, if you can talk, you can sing. <laughs> if you can run, you can dance or walk, you can dance. And I believe that everyone has the ability to sing and connect with their authentic voice. It's just a matter of moving the false beliefs about how you should sound, who you compare yourself to. Removing those things will allow you to have more freedom and more sacredness found in your own ability to express. That's so beautiful. And we were treated to your lovely voice earlier in our chat. Would you like to take us out with some more? It was just so beautiful. Thank you so much for joining that voice podcast. Sure thing. I'll do one more. <coughs> Should I have some water? Okay, here we go on the spot. Away dark clouds, you've made your rounds. I feel a change in the wind. Something's breaking through now. I have to say to you goodbye for my happiness is back again.